From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. You have found us. This is the one and only Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett, and uh, thanks for inviting me into your home. And also want to uh, welcome once again our new affiliate, KINX-FM in Grawls, Montana. KINX-FM, Great Falls, Montana. Uh, still wanting to, uh, to, to learn why Montana is known as the Treasure State. If any of our listeners know, would love to hear from you. You can say hello on Twitter, at, uh, or you can email me through the website at richardserrett.com. Always just stop by the mailroom on the way into the studio. And I just uh, I received this. I wanted to share this with you. This is kind of cool. Uh, hello, Richard. Congratulations on the launch of your new season of The Conspiracy Show. That's the TV program. Uh, your show is very entertaining and thought-provoking. I play in an Edmonton-based band that often discusses ideas like what you have on your show. Our recent CD is called Love and Other Conspiracy Theories. They've included the, uh, the CD here. The first song is The Big Picture, which explores uh, conspiracy theories, and I thought you might find it entertaining. There's also a video for the song. Uh, they're on, web, on, uh, they've, on YouTube, and they've given the, the link. Uh, free, feel free to contact me, and more information can be found at... The name of the band is Market Force. Market Forces. They've even given me a little bumper sticker here. Market Forces is the name of the band. And uh, the CD is, again, Love and Other Conspiracy Theories. The first song, The Big Picture. So if you want to check that out on YouTube, I guess just uh, you could Google YouTube and uh, or, or log on to YouTube and, and, and uh, put The Big Picture Market Forces into the, uh, into the search engine. All right. Well, thank you to uh, John Tidswell. Uh, for that, John Tidswell is with Market Forces. Uh, he did mention uh, the Conspiracy Show a television program, Season 3. Airs Monday nights, of course, at 10 p.m. Eastern across Canada on Vision TV. Uh, this week, uh, we have the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We explore claims that the shooter James Earl Ray was, in fact, framed. Uh, very proud of the episode. Hope you'll catch it. And don't forget, after watching uh, the episode... Log on to our, our uh, brand new interactive website and join the debate and discussion and you can vote. That's www.theconspiracyshow.com. All right, we're going to discuss Ebola for the full hour tonight. And uh, some interesting news updates here. Reuters is reporting that a British medical worker was flown home from West Africa on Sunday after becoming the first Britain infected in an Ebola epidemic in a, re- in a separate new outbreak of the disease has been detected in the Democratic Republic of Congo. A specially adapted Royal Air Force cargo plane picked up the male health care worker in Sierra Leone on Sunday after British Foreign Secretary Philip Hammond authorized his repatriation for treatment. Uh, the Department of Health said the patient, whose identity has not been disclosed, was not currently seriously unwell. Not currently seriously unwell. <laughs> the man will be transported to an isolation unit at the Royal Free Hospital uh, in London. The hemorrhagic fever has killed at least 1,427 people, mostly in Sierra Leone, uh, Liberia, and neighboring Guinea, the deadliest outbreak of the disease to date. The, diseases, uh, the disease rather, has also uh, gained a toehold in Nigeria, where it's killed five people. The Ebola outbreak has been confined to West Africa, Sierra Leone, Liberia, Nigeria, 
uh, and Guinea, now a fifth country, the Democratic Republic of the Congo in Central Africa, appears to be battling the virus. And recently, when I was speaking with uh, World Affairs Brief publisher Joel Skousen, we discussed uh, the two American um, health workers who uh, contracted uh, Ebola while working in Liberia. They were flown home and treated in um, in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Emory Hospital, and they've both now been released. Uh, we're told, thanks to a, a new experimental drug called ZMAP, although... Uh, Joel Skousen uh, is somewhat dubious about that claim, that their recovery was uh, came about as a result of this new experimental drug. Uh, it, it seems that um, although the, the disease kills about 60 to 90 percent of people who, who, who get it, if you're removed from if, or if you're placed in a, in, a, in a sterile environment and you're given, access to clean water and food, you've got a much better shot at recovering if you can recover some of your lost body mass because there is a rapid uh, weight loss associated with the uh, with the disease. So maybe this ZMAP isn't all it's cracked up to be. Well, as I say, we're going to discuss uh, Ebola over the next hour. Dr. Cass Ingram, a.k.a. the Health Hunter, one of the world's leading authorities on the medicinal properties of wild herbs and spices, He's the author of over two dozen books on the subject of natural health and wellness, including The Cures in the Cupboard, The Body Shaped Diet, Natural Cures for Headaches, Natural Cures for Diabetes, Natural Cures for Killer Germs. And he's suggesting that whether or not ZMAP is uh, all it's cracked up to be, obviously most of the people in uh, West, Western Africa don't have access to that experimental drug. Uh, and uh, there's no vaccine on the horizon, but there is a natural protocol for treating the disease, and we're going to learn all about that right now. Dr. Cass Ingram, thanks for joining me. How are you? Well, great, great. Uh, how you been doing? I, I'm glad you're back home. It's great uh, to be back, yes. Yeah. You know, I published that Natural Cures for Killer Germs in which I put a section on uh, dengue fever and Ebola, but I had treated successfully hemorrhagic fever in the past, in this case, dengue. I mean, I'm not going to see a case of Ebola in, in my whole life anyway, so... But I was I, I prevailed with the home remedies uh, in dengue down there in Texas and Mexico and that when it broke out there. Are they similar dengue fever and Ebola? That's about twenty five percent fatal and, and it's you know so it's I mean it's a hemorrhagic fever from a virus that probably has an, an animal reservoir so they're they're very similar. What does that mean? That it has an animal reservoir. Uh, well, it wouldn't occur to humans if it was not for the animals that house it and don't get infected, and then somehow uh, it can, just like SARS. Remember the civet rat down in uh, Indonesia and China? They were eating the feces pellets as a delicacy, and the coyotes they found in freezers in some of the Oriental restaurants in Toronto. I mean, there was there is this animal reservoir that we know of, uh, you know, just like a tick. A tick goes on a mouse or a rat and then on a deer and then to you. You know, that's just what it is. Right. In this case, they think fruit bats and so on. But, you know, this Ebola thing, it's the outbreaks, the real outbreaks have been very spotty. Can you imagine the amount of media hype on a disease that will never occur in this country unless somebody throws a vial at a fellow scientist? 
my God, you know, I've been interviewed probably a hundred times on this, but nobody bothered to call me about MRSA or Clostridium difficile, or you know, right? Which are obviously you know, a, a more of a threat, uh, a more germane to the situation here in the West. But why? Why would they? Uh, why fly these people, these workers, back into the United States and risk a possible outbreak in North America? Well, that's the most ridiculous, inane thing I've ever heard of, and I've been saying that from the beginning, whether Britain, Spain, the United States, or whatever, you you don't take somebody with bubonic plague or Ebola uh, that there's no known treatment for anyway, and uh, you, if you wanted to Z-map them, you could, you could just FedEx it to them. So this is, this is kind of a hoax. You know, it, the hoax goes quite a bit deeper. Sierra Leone is where they say the, the the focus is. Sierra Leone lost its funding for hemorrhagic fever research. That that entity, you know, this is very important. The hemor- the global hemorrhagic fever uh, consortium is headed out of Sierra Leone and uh, Liberia, and that got me a bit suspicious. But what really got my blood curdling was when I saw. The purported doctor victim, Blakey or whatever, the missionary victim, purported, jump out of the ambulance onto the pavement. There were no EMTs anywhere to be seen next to him. That's impossible. I mean, it was said that he was in a grave condition. And, you know, if you have hemorrhagic fever, your blood pools, your kidneys fail, and your liver fails, and that's why you die. And then you have that hemorrhagic uh, lesions on the skin and so on. You're not; they have to be rendered supine. That's medical protocol. You can't just ju- and they have to have IVs uh, if possible. If there's a doctor or you know MT present, but the main thing is they're supine, they're secure, they're in a stretcher. This guy jumps out and waltzes into the ER. Then you see pictures of him and Nancy Wright Ebola. Right, that's almost her name. Just kind of smiling like they're, you know, the happiest two people in the universe. What, within a week of when they, nah, you know, they couldn't have had Ebola. It's not possible. So what's going on there then? Uh, why why perpetrate this hoax if if these two aid workers, Wright Bowl and uh, the, other, the other gentleman, uh, if they didn't have Ebola? Well, they work for Franklin Graham. You know, that's. He's the owner of their charity organization, the ministry organization. That's a very high-powered group, Franklin Graham, Billy Graham, right? And right. those people are connected to the espionage agencies of the United States. And then, of course, this war did not go well for the Israelis. There's a lot going on over there globally, right? So a distraction. But the big thing I, I can tell you is it doesn't make any sense to bring these people here and there's no proof that they had ebola there's no way they'd be bouncing around and shaking hands and having a press conference a week later that's just not plausible what what that's is the, the of this, you know. what what is zmap exactly what is this well, experimental drug important thing this is what's important they say it's got some promise in the monkey research they it's big tobacco cuz it's kentucky you know it's tobacco it's a tobacco leaf they do is they challenge the tobacco leaf with Ebola antigens or whatever, and the tobacco leaf already has an antiviral component, so that gets higher and stronger, so they infuse this. So it's a natural thing, but it's genetically engineered. See, there's the difference. It's a genetically engineered tobacco leaf derivative, which means it's patentable. You and I have talked about that before, that that the, the pharmaceutical cartel, in a conspiratorial way, 
you know, seeks to promote its patented drugs because there's no competition and they can make billions. Um, so, and unless you have uh, news and uh, the other thing is the cartel, the consortium is doing quite a lot of testing in West Africa. And so that's another part that they profit from. But the bottom line, it is a natural type of drug. Yeah. All right. Cass, uh, stay with us. We'll, we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, some some possible natural remedies for these hemorrhagic fevers and other viruses. And uh, we'll also take some calls a little bit later in the hour if people want to ask about uh, the effectiveness of certain herbs and spices. This is your area of expertise uh, and how they can be utilized against a whole host of viruses. Listen, pe- kids are heading back to school. This is when our house, you know, when, when we start to get sick, you know, in the fall, in September, yeah. when the little guys come home with um, all sorts of germs and bacteria and viruses and so forth. So we'll uh, discuss that as well. Dr. Cass Ingram is with us right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Keeping an eye on the new world order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Before we get back to our conversation with Dr. Cass Ingram and uh, natural protocols that may uh, prove useful in dealing with hemorrhagic fever like Ebola and uh, other viruses, I mentioned earlier our new affiliate, KINXFM, in Great Falls, Montana. And I wanted to know why Montana is known as the treasure state. That's its motto. And I just received this email. One of the more popular nicknames for Montana, the Treasure State or Treasure State Legend, was featured on standard license plates from 1950 to 1966. Montana is referred to as the Treasure State because of its rich mineral reserves. Mining has been an economic cornerstone of the state, and the state's motto, Oro y Plata, is Spanish for gold and silver, which refers to two of the minerals that gave rise to the nickname. All right, thank you. I'm sorry, that was from Donald. Donald, thank you for that email, and uh, let's get back to our conversation about Ebola. All right, so uh, ZMAP may or may not be effective, this experimental drug. It may have been a hoax, but you say there is a natural protocol that involves certain extracts that could be used to fight. Well, you've used it, uh, employed it against dengue fever, which is another hemorrhagic fever. Would it be effective against Ebola? That's the question, but we need to discuss what it is first. What is this natural protocol? The the protocol that uh, we used and also the research that was done on the SARS virus in in vitro uh, is is the use of, very famous to you, the P73 oregano oil and also the oregaresp, which is a combination of wild oregano, sage, cinnamon, and cumin uh, extracted uh, under steam distillation and dried to a dust. Uh, so that's the protocol we used in the, uh, you know, the research on the influenza, A, the SARS, and the cold virus. Now, uh, Ebola is not any different than any other virus because the mechanism of action of the spice oils whether used topically or internally, is to cause dissolution. Uh, It's also known as escharotic change. What that means is that it eats the lining of the germ, so it's irrelevant what virus you're dealing with. Under electron microscopy in Saudi Arabia, a study was done on herpetic viruses and cold viruses and others, and, and they found that when you add the oregano oil, it causes disintegration of the virus's sheath, and they just die. They desiccate. They, they're gone. And that's what we found, whether it's herpes or hepatitis C or hepatitis A 
or cold flu, dengue fever. Haven't nobody's done Ebola. We're not making the claim for with certainty, but on presumptive presumptive basis, it just destroys them, and that's it. You know, and and it's safe. You can use it aggressively. And if you have to take it on the hour because you're in a, a hot zone, you can do that with this type of material because it's from spices. You know. So if you were over there in in Sierra Leone or or Guinea. Uh, Dr. Cass, uh, how would you be employing this? You, you, you would um, obviously you'd be wearing the hazmat suit. Uh, you mean if I was treating an outbreak? Yeah, I mean you'd wear the appropriate. You'd be conscious of hand washing before and after gloves in any case. But uh, I would be using the germaclens, uh, spraying it all around and about. I would be taking, if I was in a real hemorrhagic virus zone, I'd be taking the oil of oregano under the tongue on the hour. 10 or 20 drops or on the half hour and I would be popping those oregoresp capsules and that's all I would do. I don't want to overload my, I want something effective and consistent um, and that's what I would be taking. And, and if you encountered a, a patient who obviously was, you know, suffering from Ebola, how would you treat that? Obviously well, we can't make claims. Well, I had some but... success with SARS, you know, that was 20% fatal plus in some care areas. And what I did, of course, I haven't seen the case of Ebola, but what I would do with either of them, and more so with Ebola, I would be giving the oil of oregano. I'd be giving the P73. I wouldn't use the off-brands. I'd either use the Vividus or P73, and I'd be giving it every five or ten minutes under the tongue. And that's the kind of protocol you need because these are potentially fatal, you know, up to 50 to 80 percent in some of these things. And uh, I would be also giving those capsules on the half hour, I would be misting them with this wild oregano-based spray. I would be rubbing the uh, chest um, with the oil of oregano where the lymphatic ducts dump just above the clavicles and have the nurses or whatever rub them up and down the spinal column. And also rubbing the shins where the lymphatic vessels can pick it up easily because it's so superficial. I mean, that's the protocol that I found to be effective for pneumonia, for SARS, for terrible cases of influenza A, and it's just another virus, just more fatal because of the shock that, you know, that, that develops. To it, try to prevent the hemorrhagic, I would try, if I had it available, i use natural vitamin C, whether from lemons or limes or for camo camo, if I had it, I'd give them that too. And uh, is it the, it's the wild oregano that, that, for example, grows in the mountains around the Mediterranean, that that's the potent stuff, right? That's the potent stuff when it's extracted by steam, and there's now, of course, a lot of talk about that in Canada, but I tell people, get the edible wild oregano oil, uh, which is this oregano P73, and, uh, you know, use that aggressively as you need to. You know, I've got the winter coming. You've got going back to school hitting. You've got some bizarre chest thing already going on. You want rid of it, you have to be aggressive. It's not going to work to do chicken soup. That's just an adjunct. You need the oil of oregano to get the job done. Uh, I mentioned this to you once uh, before. In fact, the last time we spoke, uh, I was doing the show uh, uh, from Greece, which is, was very appropriate because uh, they were just harvesting uh, the, the wild oregano up uh, up in the mountains there. Yeah. And uh, I told you the story of uh, one of my little guys. Uh, this was uh, he might have been two or three, and he had a fever. He it was uh, so high, and, and we, you know, as a, a new parent, you get alarmed. You, you don't realize children they their, their their temperature spikes from time to time. But he was um, he was almost hallucinating. 
Yeah. And uh, very worried about him. And I, uh, you had given me, the last time we had visited, you had given me some of this uh, wild oregano. And I rubbed, uh, just like you said, I rubbed it up and down his spine and on the balls of his feet. And he had also this, uh, developing this, I think it was whooping cough, I'm not sure, which is also very frightening. It, it sounded like it was developing into a, a whooping type cough. And I thought, oh boy, here we go. You know, we're in for a scary ride. Uh, the next morning, nothing. I mean, the cough was gone. Finished. Yeah, unbelievable. Caput. No, we've got to always keep your family supplied with this. You know, you're an internationalist like me. Uh, I don't. I just don't get junk, uh, and that's. Uh, but, but I did get Lyme disease, though. You know, I was busy in the woods. I wasn't taking the oregano. I got hit with a couple of deer ticks, and that was pretty, pretty awful, miserable. So I'm writing a book, Natural Cures for Lyme. I figured out the best diet for Lyme because I was struggling. I, you know, I, I must say I did use the oregano and some other things to cure myself, but it was a difficult thing to get rid of. Did you catch it early enough, or would did... no? I got the big bullseye rash. I was almost dying. I got the neuroborreliosis. You know, it went into my brain and spinal cord, and I had to use four or five different things to get cured, to even begin to get cured. Um, I had the bullseye rash the size of a flattened football on my back. So I, well, I took huge doses of this super strength P73, knowing that it's totally edible. I could take as much as I wanted. At one point, I drank a bottle a day, which is 850 drops. Oh, my Lord. And uh, and I took this Oregoresp. I took the wild turmeric. It's called Turmerol. I used the chaga for strength and the juice of oregano. That was my protocol along with an aggressive change in diet. I ate a, my body wanted cartilage and things like chicken skin and, you know, eating the ends off of bones and meat and meat drippings and, you know, vegetables and that's all my body wanted. So I switched over to that and I, I recovered. You know. Well, you were lucky in the sense that uh, because my understanding is there are there are two types of of ticks. One where you get the bullseye, which at least you know you've been infected. But there are t- ticks that don't leave that telltale sign, and so there are people who go months, maybe even years, uh, before they they realize something is wrong, and right. by then uh, they're real they're really in trouble in right. terms of Lyme disease. They have disease. cardiac Lyme and they didn't know and they could have the Lyme arthritis just like when Lyme first broke out. Uh, they could have uh, Lou Gehrig's, they could have Bell's palsy, they could have MS-like symptoms and you're right. Now, this is a miserable disease, this Lyme. This is, you know, they're talking Ebola, we should be talking Lyme. Uh, it, 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 I couldn't open my mouth. It attacked my jaw joints. Yeah, this uh, is a real epidemic. I mean, and it's undiagnosed and it's undeclared, but it's a real epidemic in North America. It is. And, they, they, you know, they say, oh, it's not in the Canadian ticks. It is, too. And then you have Ehrlichia and you have Babesia. And so you've got all these co-infections. You know, what is a tick? It's going to pick up everything from a rodent and the deer, whatever, and it's going to have it in its blood. And it's going to inject you. You think it's just going to be a Lyme bacillus? That's ridiculous. So in any case, uh, what um, what I I also my elbow swelled up. Looked like, I've got a picture of it. Looked like I, had, I was holding a grapefruit on my elbow. Uh, what else? My I couldn't move my ankle. 
when I my knee swelled up so much, you didn't know this, that I couldn't move. I had to have people move me to the bathroom, and to, and I was in a wheelchair for about three, four weeks. I had no idea. I mean, because you're in a high risk uh, as the health hunter. I mean, you're stomping around in the boreal forests and everything. Uh, I'm surprised you never you never had it before. Well, I may have, uh, but uh, this was a real bad one. See, what I did was I, for, I I didn't see any more ticks, and so I that last day I didn't put my socks over my my pants. I always do that, and uh, I think I got a couple of them. And then a week later, boom, I'm finished. It can also so, present as rheumatoid arthritis, can it? Uh, yeah, that... that's kind of how it presented with me. I couldn't move a couple of joints very well, and then I got this burning sensation on my back, and oh, I don't feel good. This is weird. My head feels weird. My everything's weird. And oh, what is this? And I turn around in the mirror, and this bullseye rash is massive. You know, uh, it's Lyme disease. And boy, I tell you what, uh, I'm glad I'm writing this book because I can write it from my heart. For for 90 days, I didn't know what was going on with my body. But I took such massive amounts of this protocol, I pulled myself back out of this. And one of the things is I had one psoriatic patch left from the old days when I had gotten sick when we first discovered the oregano. And the massive doses of the oregano cured that psoriatic patch. So it was a nice side effect. You mentioned turmeric earlier, uh, and um, I'd like to know more about this because I've, I've heard um, some amazing things uh, about um, some of the properties in turmeric. Tell me about this. Turmeric is a COX-2 inhibitor plus. It, it blocks the inflammatory cascade in the joints and in the muscles and the nervous system. It's a, it's a tremendous divinely given medicine. It's, the results are pretty good, sometimes spotty, depends on the quality of the product. They found that it fights Alzheimer's and helps regenerate the memory capacity. Um, but we found wild turmeric. We found that in India, and we got some villagers to pick it. And then it's extracted with steam and carbon dioxide over there. And it's probably about, I'd say, five or ten times more powerful than the, than the typical turmeric capsules. So uh, the following diseases, I've had benefit with low back, uh, lumbago, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, now with me with the Lyme arthritis, sciatica, neuralgia, Alzheimer's, dementia, multiple sclerosis, uh, you know, fibromyalgia. Those are the things I've used it for thus far. Now, uh, is it similar in uh, in the sense is, is it similar to oregano in the sense that you can take as much as you want, or yeah, are there some side effects? That, well, turmeric is even more. I mean, you probably could take even more turmeric than oregano because it's it's not so hot, and it doesn't kill the the, the good bacteria. Where if you take sometimes excessive amounts of oregano oil, you have to back it up with healthy bacteria sometimes, but. You, you know, turmeric is a food. It's in curry powder. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And this is called turmeric. I have it right here. And this has been helpful for the Lyme arthritis, amongst other things. It's an anti-inflammatory, basically. Yeah. That's its big claim to fame. Also, it has some uh, novel properties on the brain to block the uh, sort of dementia or uh, aging process. And are there are there um, um, sort of 
you know, scientific studies on this? Have there oh, been... there, could, there quite. In fact, the majority of the studies seem to be. Uh, well, there, there's a lot of studies on on joint, but the majority of new studies are pointing towards this cognitive function benefit. Now, there are a lot of studies on turmeric as an anti-inflammatory, just as there are a plethora of, of, of research on the oregano oil as an antifungal or antiviral, antibacterial, antihistamine, anti-mold, and as, in particular, a very effective viricide, meaning it you know, kills viruses. We'll take a time out when we come back. I, I, I want to stick with turmeric just for a few more moments because I'm fascinated about the uh, the potential uh, for turmeric in, in treating things like Alzheimer's and dementia. Back with more of my conversation with Dr. Cass Ingram right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To speak to Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free in Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. Dr. Cass Ingram, a.k.a. The Health Hunter, is uh, with us, and uh, we've been discussing uh, natural protocols to treat uh, various uh, um, viruses, dengue fever, uh, and the potential um, for... A natural protocol to be used against hemorrhagic fevers like Ebola. Now uh, we were talking about turmeric as well. Now this is an this is an ingredient that's been used in India in in their cooking for for five thousand years. And my understanding is that according to epidemiological studies of, of Indian populations, they have a remarkably lower prevalence of Alzheimer's disease. Uh, relative to Western nations, so yeah. it, it, it must be the turmeric. Yeah, well, it has to be. You know, it's a lipophilic, which means that it loves to get into the lipid layer, which is the brain. You know, it's lipid, it's cholesterol, and you've got to penetrate that. And so, by basically having a curry brain, you uh, curryized you you prevent the free radical formation that oxidative stress the brain uses a lot of oxygen the amyloid deposits the plaques uh, that you see in alzheimer's but there's a good study here by uh, mishra and colleagues showing that uh, that when they gave the curcumin or the turmeric whatever they 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 shut down these plaques they delayed the destruction of the neurons it chelated out the metals it shut down the inflammation it uh, increased the memory in Alzheimer's disease patients. <laughs> so it's not too bad. So not not a not a cure, but it may prove useful in perhaps slowing the progression of the disease. But better yet, if we you start taking it earlier, it's preventative. Yeah, and there is a, some pretty good research on this where they consistently take it and the memory improves, and so that's reversal of some of the disease. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of preventive aspects. Now, there was another good uh, uh, investigation where it was found that the, this really helps with neuropathy, neuralgia, sciatica, which has been my experience. In particular, the turmeric as sublingual drops and also as capsules. So I like it as the as the premier treatment for any kind of neuropathy or nerve damage or traumatic nerve damage or even trauma to the brain or trauma to the spinal cord, along with chaga. I found that chaga, we've talked about before, the sublingual drops is also effective. 
Uh, just remind us uh, 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 about uh, chaga. This is um, it's, it's it's a fungus, right? That grows on on trees. Well, they think it's a fungus. It's pretty bizarre, though, isn't it? It's hard as a rock. You have to basically knock it off with a hammer and a chisel. Uh, it has a little teeny mold kind of fungus smell, but it's more of like a food, uh, you know. And uh, it's well, chaga is very high in superoxide dismutase (SOD), which is a big antioxidant. And then it has the beta-glucan, and it has the sterol. So it was a great combination with the turmeric, where you take the turmeric, you take, I mean, the, the turmerol, you take the Chago Power Drops or the Chaga Max capsules as a one-two punch. Now, I will tell you, and that's for nerve problems, brain problems, Alzheimer's, senility, dementia, I will tell you that... Uh, we saw a, a dramatic case of a 94-year-old woman who was, set, who was in the nursing home who took the Chaga Max capsules, which is Chaga with oregano, and Chaga drops under the tongue. And she, her memory suddenly, after about 40 days, came back to normal, and her daughter um, uh, disconnected her from the nursing home. She took her home. <laughs> my, oh, my. 94. And what about so, the chaga tea? Uh, I, I have some chaga tea I bought at a, at a health food store. Yeah, the chaga tea is great. My favorite is this chago charge or the chaga black powder and you, or whatever tea you find, and you just take that regularly, yeah, uh, as an anti-aging thing. Uh, so you take the tea, maybe the drops and the capsules. That's kind of what I do right now. now. I also eat the chaga chunks. Those are delicious and uh they give me a chaga in a way that I can consistently kind of snack on it. And that's a cocoa butter carob chaga combination. But this chaga. this chaga is not easy to find, right? This is, it grows mainly on, is it birch trees? Right. I mean, there are some parts of Canada that it's there, but there's other parts, like I looked for about a week in one part of Canada, found two or three. It's a birch tree thing. And uh, it's not that common. But there are some areas that birch tree grows and then dies within 60, 70 years or is harvested, 80 years, something like that. And so you're always having a renewable source. So if you find the right forest, you might find it. But uh, no, it's not easy to find. And, and this is something that the tree seems to produce. Let's say the tree, um, I don't know, is struck by lightning or there's some – so the tree is producing – this chaga, it's yeah. almost like scarification. Yeah, I've seen trees where uh, one part has fallen in, in against another and the chaga will grow there or maybe some machinery damaged the tree, the chaga will come in or it, as it's, you know, birch, it splits in, in a place, chaga comes in. Nobody really understands it except that when you uh, inject chaga into a sick tree, I think they used apple trees, they, it cured the apple trees of their disease. And so that's kind of what I use chaga for. You're sick, I'm going to give you chaga. I don't care what you've got. If you see me now as a doctor, you're on chaga. I'm going to give you the sublingual drops. I like the chaga max capsule for convenience. The tea, which is available in many forms, those are, those, that's what I've been doing with people. So you've got chaga, you've got uh, oregano, wild oregano extract. My favorite protocol is to take the chaga, the wild oregano extract, the P73, because it's edible, we can take daily, and the uh, turmeric. Uh, and finally, you know, I add in this, this very fascinating product called P2, 
Purely Pack, which I want to send you some of. This Purely Pack is a pack of non-coltar, non, this is a real hoax, non-hexane, non-petrol, non-coltar, whole food vitamins from rice bran, karuli yeast, New Zealand liver powder, camu camu, sunflower seeds, and, and no additives, no chemicals, no GMOs, you know? Uh, so this is a whole other terrible thing that people have been thinking that they can get healthy with coal tar-based vitamins, and they get sicker. You've seen the studies where they found that if someone pays no attention to multiple vitamins in B-complex, does not take these pressed pills, they live longer than the people who are taking them in large quantities. Hmm. All right, listen. The reason it, is the coal tar, which is a carcinogen. All right, Dr. You know? Cass, we'll take a time out. We'll come back. We'll talk about uh, that some more. And also, uh, how, to f- how to protect our children uh, once they head back to school uh, and uh, prevent uh, viruses and, uh, and other illnesses that uh, invariably happen once September rolls around and they're in close proximity to, uh, to other kids. Back with more of my conversation with Dr. Cass Ingram, a.k.a. The Health Hunter, right here on The Conspiracy Show. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And we are covering a lot of ground tonight with uh, the health hunter, Dr. Cass Ingram. Uh, we, we were just discussing certain additives in the multivitamins and um, coal tar. I, I wasn't aware that coal tar, C-O-A-L, coal and tar, is, is uh, one of these additives. What's the rationale for putting coal tar in your one-a-day? It's carbon. You see, you have to have carbon molecules to uh, synthetically produce uh, in mass quantities your thiamines, your riboflavins, your pyridoxines, your uh, your uh, your various B complex, and so forth. And um, and and that's just a source of those molecules. And the same with hexane. The the and and that's what's used now. There are some vitamins that are semi-synthetic, where they take like ascorbic acid from corn syrup or corn uh, starch, but they're using genetically engineered corn. There are uh, vitamin E, which is extracted from soybean oil, but it's genetically engineered soy now. What about so, the uh, the multivitamins for kids, like Flintstones? Same thing. Coal tar. Oh, dear. Coal tar and petrol. Oh, dear. What about artificial yeah. sweeteners, aspartame? Well, that just is also uh, made from car- the carbon uh, petrol. And most drugs are made from, from petrol. So uh, you, you don't want to give these dyed, uh, artificially sweetened vitamins to your children. You're better off giving them nothing and trying to get the vitamins from superfoods or from Purely Pack or Purely B, which is a powder from rice bran, royal jelly, and truly yeast. How can you go wrong? Or brewer's yeast, anything but, but what you're taking. Right? What about, uh, I understand that uh, that cow livers, they grind up cow livers. These are included in, in things like vitamin B12. Uh, and these cow livers can be overloaded with steroids and antibiotics and pesticides. Yeah, well, there is a little bit of that, but most of the B12 is really semi-synthetic and uh, uh, microbial produced, but you don't want feedlot organs, that's for sure. And so what what I've done is recommended this Purely Pack, which is New Zealand uh, grass-fed liver. Uh, you know, you can't go wrong there, really. 
So yeah, we that, that so, gives you some B12. So you're saying we should be chucking those one a day vitamins? Well, they're all of coal tar. Uh, so even if it's a health food store one a day, or if it's if it's got two thousand percent of the RDA of B6 or B1, then that's synthetic. You can't. There's no way you can get that amount of vitamin B1 in a pill. The pill would be a foot and a half long. So there's no. I mean, anything that says 500% is a fake. So in terms of vitamins, then, what should we be giving our children? We should be using superfoods like camu camu and yeast extracts. We could give purely bee powder. It's already got everything in there to the children for the bee complex. And we could give them fish oil for the vitamin A and D, but not commercial fish oil. You'd have to go with Polar Power, which is the fatty salmon oil by North American Urban Spice, because it's the only one with vitamin A and D. Remember the cod liver oil in the old days? Oh, that yes. That wasn't synthetic. So give them the Polar Power, a teaspoon a day for the children or every other day to get their vitamins A and D, which are essential for growth and development. We used to hear about that in the 60s in the home ec. We don't hear about it anymore. And, uh, and then... Is, and then give them the purely B as a B complex. That's that's enough. You know, vitamin C from fruits, from lemons and limes, from superfoods, from camu camu. That would be fine. Vitamin E from sunflower seeds, purely E. Therefore, you got the drift, people. Do it naturally. All right, uh, Cass. Let's spend a few moments uh, talking about uh, all these. Uh, I call them germ bags. <laughs> little... oh, one more thing. Yes. Raw honey is a good source of natural vitamins. Crude, raw honey, and the children will take it very well, and so is bee pollen. But go ahead about the... the when, oh, just back to the honey. Uh, we talking When you say raw, you mean unpasteurized? Unpasteurized, crude Canadian raw honey or, you know, imported raw honeys from, like, Greece or, you know, some remote areas, Turkey, uh, Brazil. There's all that kind of honey now available in health stores. All right. Now, it never fails. We go through the entire summer. Kids are healthy, we're healthy, and then as soon as school starts, of course, they, they bring home all these... Uh, germs and viruses and so forth. Uh, so, uh, first of all, um, what are we looking at? Uh, what are the, the typical uh, sorts of, uh, you know, germs, bacteria, viruses that uh, your, your kids are going to encounter once they head well, back to school? Well, vaccine virus you can't underestimate. You know, as the kids get the vaccines and they they spread to the non-vaccinated or their other vaccinated. So uh, then there's the giardia that can occur in the daycares. That's a real problem going back to school. There are uh, molds that they can get in the schools that make them sick uh, in those kinds of environments. But the viruses are the big thing, aren't they? The cold-style viruses, the flu viruses, and uh, just not you know, nasty garbage that the kids get. And that's completely preventable, completely. Not just with the vitamins. Yeah, they need the vitamin A and D, and they need the B-complex and the C, but with the oregano, it's just that easy. If the parents just gave a couple drops of the oil of wild oregano, I recommend either the Vividus in the mass market or the, the P73 in the health store, and they rub it on the feet and the shins, they're not going to get sick this winter. It's that effective as an antiseptic. They can buy the crude wild oregano capsules, the Oregoresp or the Oregamax, whatsoever available, open up the capsules, put it on the food, and, uh, and and that's another option. If we if we were to get the vitamin C in on a daily basis, they'd get less sick. That's your lemons and your limes and your grapefruits. 
and your superfoods like the camu camu. You know. What is camu camu? Oh, you don't know. All right, camu camu is a citrus-like fruit that is in the Amazon, growing wild on the Amazon River, that has 50 times more vitamin C than oranges. And that's a very powerful, uh, natural, you know, thing. It's, it's you're going to get that kind of dose that you get from ascorbic acid, the GMO junk, but it's natural. Uh, so on the market, there's several brands. I'm, you know, I use the Purely C, uh, and that's Camu Camu rose hips. And remember, in, the, in in Britain, when they ran out of citrus, they went to the rose hips to keep the troops strong because they knew that vitamin C is necessary for the connective tissues and for good health and for the immune system. What happened to all that knowledge? You know, instead we take these multiple vitamins with synthetic C, and it doesn't do anything. Can you buy camu camu? Just can you buy the fruit camu camu? Well, I don't know about the fruit, but you can buy the powder as a superfood. Camu camu. That's C A M U C A M U. Right, right, right. The fruit's awfully sour, so they just dry it, and it's used. Uh, and you can buy either farm-raised camu camu. I prefer the wild, so I use the purely C, which is, comes in a bulk powder or capsules, and then you get the vitamin C in big doses, like. 500% of the RDA, which is almost impossible to get, uh, you know, from 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 things like lemons and limes. You have to do a lot of squeezing to get that amount. So I would supplement your citrus, your papaya, your strawberries, your broccoli. You know, those are all rich vitamin C sources with uh, camu camu. Now you mentioned giardia. Now this that's a that's a, an intestinal infection, isn't it? Right, and that's a daycare type of thing, fecal to fecal, uh, tainted water, and it's a pretty common cause of diarrhea. So you don't want, don't want to forget that the diarrheal illnesses strike the kids quite a bit at this time in the year, too. Um, and so you can protect against that with the oil of oregano. The oil of oregano very quickly destroys giardia, very aggressive against that. And, and for that, for giardia, is that under the tongue? You take that under, under the tongue? Under the tongue or juice or water, and people... When I tell you oil of oregano, I don't want you buying these off-brands that have populated Canada that make big claims about Carvacrol and aren't really telling the truth. I just want you to get the edible oil of oregano, don't worry about the Carvacrol, from the spice, and that would be the Vividus or the oregano, but the point is it's edible from the mountains of Greece and Turkey. And, and, I mean, this uh, oil of oregano, this is mentioned in the Bible, right? When um, um, Moses in in, uh, in, uh, in Exodus, I think, they talk about uh, oil of oregano, but they call Makes it something else. I wonder about that burning bush, uh, too, because when you bite into some oregano, it burns, you know, in your mouth. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's mostly because um, it's attributed to David, you know, purge yourself with the hyssop. And uh, probably should be attributed to God, because when you... You know, hyssop is from Esau, and Esau doesn't mean hyssop. It means wild oregano, and it means the oregano in the mountains of the Mediterranean. And uh, so, so purge is what it does. It purges toxins, it purges venom, it purges histamine, it purges viruses, bacteria, giardia, in other words, protozoans, uh, bacteria, mold, black mold, any kind of a, except tapeworms, when you get into things like tapeworms, roundworms, you need other herbs. You need maybe some black walnut to add with the oregano. You might need some artemisia. You know, you need something that will blow those things out of there, too. 
Dr. Cass, leave us with a website. Uh, well, I'm knowledgehousepublishers.com, but go to oregano.com and also americanwildfoods.com. Always a pleasure, uh, Dr. Cass Ingram. Stay well, my friend. I know you will. Okay, you bet. I'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. Bye. My thanks to Tim Spreen for production. Back next week with a brand new show. Hope you'll be along for the ride. Don't forget, follow the truth.tv. Order your tickets, 905-721-3399. 25% discount if you mention the word Roswell. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.